when we talk about Vision Sunday, having a vision, being a church with vision, we don't mean that we have this crazy corporate vision and we're asking God to come along and bless it. We're saying that we believe God has a plan for our church. We believe that God has a plan for your life. Vision Sunday isn't just about Lighthouse. Vision Sunday is about what God sees in and over every single one of your lives. It's not what you look at that matters, but it's what you see. Well, good morning, everybody. You are so welcome to Vision Sunday. Come on. Can I hear a loud cheer from our Navin location? Come on. Better than that, let's hear a loud cheer from our Dublin location. It is so good to be with you today on Vision Sunday. And of course, if you're new, this is your first time in Lighthouse in a long time. We're so glad that you're here. Twice a year, we do this thing called Vision Sunday, where we kind of peel back the curtains and kind of allow you to look behind the scenes to really what's driving us, what motivates us, what we're excited about, what we're grateful for, and what we think God is saying to us about where we are going. So today isn't the regular program. Today's about talking about what the Holy Spirit is doing in and through our church. Before I jump in to Vision Sunday, heads up, looking and thinking ahead, that next Sunday, a very, very good friend of mine, Pastor Randy Bazette from Bayside Church in Florida, Florida is going to be here with us at Lighthouse. Pastor Randy and Amy are celebrating a milestone anniversary in their marriage uh, and they decided to do that in Ireland, which is we're very grateful for because if you don't know, this church has been so generous and such a big sponsor and supporter and believer and partner and pray partner over our church. And Randy has been a great personal friend, mentor and pastor to me and to my wife, Ludmila. So I'm really hoping and that you can be here. And of course, feel free to invite your world to come here. This amazing man uh, share God's with us next Sunday here at Lighthouse. Well, like I said, it is Vision Sunday and the kind of the name is in the title. Vision is all about seeing. And of course, we as a church, we have a vision statement. Maybe you saw it on our website or you saw it as you walked into one of our environments that we believe God has called Lighthouse to be a church that inspires ordinary people like you and me to an extraordinary purpose in God. That's why we exist. We believe that every single person, it means you and me, whether you believe in God or you're searching or questioning or you've fallen away from God or, or right now or just you know sweet with God, wherever you are in the spectrum, God has called us and created us for purpose. And we want to be a church that champions and encourages and sometimes challenges you into that extraordinary purpose. The idea that true fulfillment in life isn't attaining stuff are being known by other people, or having all these followers, followers on Insta, or having all this money or wealth. But true fulfillment in life is doing exactly what God has called you to do. So our church has a vision statement, and we've been challenging you and encouraging you throughout our, our vision series of last weeks to think about what is the direction that your life is going. Because ultimately, having good intentions and having plans and having hopes isn't enough if we're going to step into and live out an extraordinary purpose. Because Direction, not intention, determines 
destination. So we, so I really want, as your pastor, I really want you to have a vision for your life. But besides the vision of our church and the vision for your life, I want to talk more like in a, in a, in a six-month kind of time frame. I want to look back a little bit. At the last six months is what God has done. I want to take stock of where we are right now and some things we're facing. And I want to talk a little bit about the next six months of our future. It was the author and Reverend Jonathan Swift, who of course wrote the famous book, Gulliver's Travels, who said, vision is the art of seeing what is invisible to others. Vision is the art of seeing what is invisible to others. Now some of that, as we learned in our series, wisdom gives us the ability to foresee, to think ahead, to work through scenarios, and to make wise choice because we know what direction we're going. But also the Holy Spirit speaks to us and guides us and leads us and reveals things to us that are beyond our own understanding and sometimes beyond our own ability to see. It's why the Apostle Paul said in Corinthians that we as, if you're here and you're a Christ follower, you're part of this church, we are called to live by faith and not just by physical. We live by this sense that God has called us into spaces and places that aren't yet now visible, but can and will be through our obedience and through our sacrifice. Let me tell you something. Uh, If you had told me 15 years ago that myself and my wife and my family, well, even the fact that I have so many kids, let alone that we'd be doing this, I probably wouldn't have believed you because it seems so surreal 15 years later to be living in in what was at one time invisible. And maybe you can relate to that in your own life. There's things that God has done, there are uh, prayers that God has answered, there are miracles that have happened in your life that at one point in time were invisible, but now have become visible to everyone. Well, what we're talking about is, and what we're asking is, what is invisible to us in a sense right now that's visible to God that he's calling our eyes, he's calling our hearts, he's calling our attention to see because if we step up and if we step out and if we choose wise directions and don't just have good intentions that we will see those things become a reality. And so as always, I want to break it down into three parts. So number one, I want to talk about some things we're going to celebrate Number two, I want to talk about some things we're going to contemplate. And number three, I want to talk about some things I feel and sense that we need to concentrate on as a church, especially for the next six to 12 months. And for all you visual people out there, I put in some emojis. Number one, some things to celebrate. And again, this is always a real pain to me because when it comes to actually trying to figure out what, what should make the TV in terms of celebration, it's very hard because I'm not being facetious or or overstating the fact that there's so many things worth celebrating in our church. There's so many things that even happen on a daily basis. Stories you'll never hear. Testimonies you'll never, you know, get get to experience. Just just the the reality of being a church that every single day has got people working through life and working through extraordinary purpose. There's so many stories of prayers being answered and meals being delivered and people being visiting hospital and, and people just doing random acts of kindness and generosity and sharing faith and and so on and so on and so on. Because I can't mention all of them, I want to highlight a few, especially those things that are strategic to us. And let me start with one of the most important things to us, one of the things that's closest to God's heart and one of the things that's closest to ours, and that is helping the poor. Jesus told us, Jesus commanded us that we as the church are called to help the poor, not only the immediate poor in our own context and vicinity, as we do as we try our best through meals and, and partnering with other organizations 
Christians in and around the area uh, with groceries and so on, but also internationally. And of course, if you've never heard about the Ministry of Compassion, Compassion is one of the primary partners that we work with to help the poor. And what Compassion do is Compassion basically rescue kids in some of the most difficult parts of the world from poverty by clothing them, giving them dignity, by feeding them, giving them a healthy diet and giving them a healthy body, and also by educating them and breaking the cycle of poverty in their lives. And every single year, we do a Compassion Sunday where we celebrate compassion, we celebrate our partnership, and where we ask you to consider being generous and sponsoring a child. Now, I have a confession. When I sat with the, with the Irish coordinator for Compassion, Maeve Tilson, a few months ago, and she said to me, what do you think? I mean, at that point, I think we were sponsoring something like 40 or 50 kids. She was like, what do you think? What, what's in your heart, Pastor Jamie, in terms of a faith goal for Lighthouse? And I said, you know what, Maeve? I would love to be able to get up to around 100 kids, but I think looking back, that's going to take at least two, maybe even three years to kind of motivate and stir up and inspire our people to, to respond in generosity by sponsoring kids. And so we prayed and believed in that timeline and we, and we set out to do our Compassion Sunday, which happened in May. Well, guess what, everybody? Not only did God surpass all expectation, but he blew our minds because in two Compassion Sundays, one in Navin and one in Dublin, we actually not only reached 100 kids, but we surpassed past a hundred kids. Come on, a massive Buddha was. Let's celebrate the fact that 100 children right now are being rescued from poverty because of your generosity, because of your faith and your response to the call to help people impoverished. Again, uh, this next photo will show you some of our primary kids are, are in the nation Brazil and we're committed not only just through compassion but also through our mission support to the church that we support there in Brazil to help those people in some of the most impoverished parts of the world. So well done to you. And it's worth celebrating that at least 100 children because of our church tonight won't go home hungry and will be clothed and will have an education and will hear the good news about Jesus because of your generosity. Another thing worth celebrating is, of course, new people. Because we do want to inspire the extraordinary. We want, to, we want to challenge people's worldview about God. Because here's my premise. Here's my premise. And maybe you're new. Maybe this applies to you. I believe, I believe that the majority of people in Ireland haven't rejected the gospel. I just don't think they've heard it yet. I think they have this picture of who God is, what church is, what the Bible is. That's not accurate. And so what they've actually rejected is a shadow or a counterfeit or a false type of what is actually the good news. Because the gospel translated from Greek into English, the word gospel means good news. And if it's good news, well, that's good and it's new. It's news. And so I'm just convinced that people in Ireland haven't really heard the good news and that if they were to really understand who Jesus is and who God is, what God's plan is for their lives and for the wider world, that they would not only be open to considering Jesus, but that they would be convicted to follow him. So a huge part of what we do, especially on Sunday, but not only on Sunday, is trying to create environments that new people would be willing and open, your friends, your family, some of you right now sitting down, come on, you're nodding, right now are sitting in this space because this applies to you. Because at one point you were that new person. And we as a church must guard against the drift. Because I don't know if you know this, but just like 
there's a current in the sea. And just like if you don't pay attention to your driving, you know, moving things tend to shift, right? Moving things veer off course. Like if you just take your hands off your steering wheel, it's not going to go straight. It's going to eventually veer off course. In the same way, maybe you're not aware of this, but the church also has a drift. The church has a drift, a pull towards the inside. If we're not pushing the focus of the church outside to the world around us, the, the default mode of church is always inside towards us, towards what we want and we need. So we fight against that lighthouse. We fight against that drive, that draw, that shift. And we, we, we keep our eyes on God and our eyes on the mission. We create places. We create spaces. We create environments that new people will be open to coming to and engaging with. And hopefully in those environments, find and follow Jesus. Get your hands ready because we're about to clap a lot. As I talked to the team about some stats about, you know, how many new people, could we track this, came to our church just since September last, just since like we, we opened our doors in July, don't, we don't count July and August, but just since September last year, how many new people total answered the call, responded to an invitation, and came to one of our environments on a Sunday? Well, when I got the text message with the response, I had to look at it three times ago. This camp, we have to double confirm this, but it's been double and triple confirmed. Let me tell you something. Since last September, a total of 1,152 new people, come on, have come through the doors of our Sunday environment to hear about the good news of Jesus. Now, we know... Not everyone that comes, not everyone that answers an invitation, not everyone that comes to Chris at the movies or Easter will stay, but at least they've been impacted. And who knows, maybe that Sunday, that's exactly what they need to hear to save their marriage or save their, 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 their mental health or, or maybe their kids who came with them. Maybe it was for them. I don't know the answer only God does. But the fact that this number of people came through our tours in 12 months, it's absolutely incredible. But it gets better. Why? Because not only did 1,100, I can't even, I can't even keep a straight face with that number, 53 people come through, new people come through our doors, but would you believe 364 of those people actually took a next step? Come on, let's give a massive round of applause for our Next Steps team. Come on, all the amazing people in Navin and Dublin who do a great job connecting with us, just making sure that people aren't lost and forgotten, but if they want to, can have a conversation and be connected. 364 people connected. And part of that, which I think is really cool, is over 53 people recommitted their life to Christ. Come on, we're going to clap a lot today, guys. Come on, 53 people said, I want to re-follow Jesus. For some reason, I've fallen off the path, I've drifted, I'm full of intentions, but the wrong direction, and by coming to the house and being in these environments, God spoke to me, and I decided to recommit my life to Christ. But not only that, because of the 1,152 people, and of this 364 connected, there was uh, 40, at least 40 people or more that we know of. These are people, these are not hands or conversations. These are people who literally filled out cards and said, I want to follow Jesus. Come on, isn't that amazing, everybody? I mean, come on, it's amazing to think that just by doing what we do every single week, people's lives are being changed for eternity. I mean, we can do so much to help people. You can, you can see a person on the side of the road and help them fix their tire. You can help someone open a door in a supermarket. You can help someone out when they're in need. And we should do that as Christ was. We should be known for our kindness, but no greater love can we show any man that we sacrifice and serve and give that they may know the love of the Father. How incredible that so many new people are coming to church and finding Christ. 
at Lyle. So good to be able to celebrate, celebrate that with you. Another thing that we're going to celebrate is, of course, our groups. Because as we say, come on, one, two, three, life is better connected. Okay, that was terrible. Let's go again. One more time. Life is better connected. That's right. We believe that God has created us on purpose and for purpose. And that purpose isn't individual purpose. It's connected in community. And we want every single one of you to be in community, especially if you're a Christ follower in this church. And We've had a great year since September last year. Junior and Lou, come on. Let's show appreciation. Junior and Lou doing a great job leading our connect groups. Really appreciate the hard work you guys do. And to, oh, come on, to all of our connect group leaders as well. Come on, all of our leaders and hosts. Come on, let's go. What up those hands? We want to clap and applaud and celebrate you because you guys are the lifeblood of this church because we don't want to be a service. We don't want to be a steeple. We don't want to be a building. We want to be a faith community. And you can't really be a faith community without community. And so we've had a great year, but just this, just this, this uh, recent season we've launched, we have over 37 groups that have launched. We have uh, over 200 signups uh, in those groups. And you know, throughout the season, we have 170 people average connected and committed to groups. So let me tell you something, I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're not in this number, if you're not one of the group leaders, or if you're not one of the signups, or if you're not one of the 170 average, become one because your life will be better and our church will be to be better if we're connected. But look at this. It's amazing to think that any single week in Lighthouse, 170 adults are gathering somewhere, whether it's at a rugby pitch or around a coffee table or around scripture or some course or walking or running or crossfitting, whatever it is, they're doing life there. This is the dream that we had when we started this church, that we would be a faith community living out life as a family. So we really want to celebrate our connect groups. We also want to celebrate our kids' ministry. Come on, yes, come on, parents. Let me hear an amen. If you're a parent, let's celebrate our kids' ministry because we also want to inspire little people to an extraordinary purpose in Christ. We don't have a big babysitting service, we want our kids to have their own church experience because it's so important. Wouldn't you agree with me? In this day and age, where there are so many competing worldviews and values and we're with online and social media and, and just how things are shifting and wars and I mean, it's hard to believe we're even using language like, like energy crisis and all this kind of stuff. It's so important that we give our kids a legacy and inheritance that will stand to them for the rest of their lives, that will anchor their soul no matter what the weather is, no matter what the circumstances are. And I'm so grateful, as I know you are too, for the amazing work that all of our kids' volunteers do every single week. And again, as you know, I'm going to mention in a second, Yulia uh, Moldovan, who was our director for our Dublin location, has just handed over the reins to Anna Francis, who's become our new, come on, our new Dublin, come on, kids coordinator. We're so thankful to, for Yulian's life and for his investment in our kids and so excited for what God's going to do to Anna. And of course, we're so appreciative and so blessed to have Sarah Corcoran uh, leading our kids ministry uh, in Navin. But would you believe that in both of our locations since September last year, our kids ministries have doubled. I mean, st stop having babies, people. It's getting out of control. We are absolutely jam-packed in both of our venues. Our kids ministry ministry has doubled, and I'll come back to that tension in a second, but it's so good to see that kids are coming and discovering their extraordinary purpose. And again, if you have a heart or passion for the next generation, talk to our kids team and consider adding your life or your weight or your experience to the amazing kids' church.
church team. One quick highlight is, of course, the fun week that we had in the summer. One in Dublin and one in Navin. And it was so good to be able to turn our kids' church outwards and do something for our community. And we want to continue to find creative ways to reach the kids in our community. We're so appreciative for our kids. Another thing we're celebrating is our youth because we're just so, we just, we're just so, how would you say it? We value so much the next generation. Churches have been known, unfortunately, for so long for the opposite. Churches have been, have been known for being things that their, you know, people's parents go to and connect with, but there's no space or place for kids. And we want our church to be a church, not just for us today, but also for our children and especially for our young adults and our youth. And so Pulse Fest happened uh, in the summer and we want to inspire the next generation. And even though Pulse Fest is part of the national movement of churches that we belong to called CCI, Christian Churches Ireland, a huge part of, of what makes Pulse work is our church because Sam uh, Corkin, Pastor Sam, who's our location pastor, Navin, come on, it's so appreciation. Pastor Sam Corkin, we love him. Blow him a kiss if you see him there. And, uh, and so he also works part-time as the National Youth Coordinator for CCI. And, uh, and this year, a huge number of our team, of our youth team, Matthew France, our youth leader, come on, show appreciation for him. And uh, a bunch of our youth band actually helped make Pulse Fest happen. And it's incredible because after a couple of years of COVID and lockdown, and we know the battle out there for the hearts and minds, especially of our young people, it was so amazing to see hundreds, literally hundreds of young people gather at Pulse Fest this year. And over a hundred of those young people, come on, gave their life to Jesus. Come on, everybody. Wake up. I'm telling you, people's lives are being changed. A hundred young people said, yes, I will follow Jesus. I have a photo here of one of the nights where prayer ministry is happening. Absolutely incredible. Not only that, but over 250 of those people, young people responded to a call to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be filled by God's Spirit and to be sent out into the world. Come on, celebrate that too. Another photo to show you some prayer ministry moments and, which, which is mind-blowing, the young people at Pulse Fest this year were challenged to, to act in generosity and to give generously to a cause, again, party with compassion. And would you believe those same teenagers gave over 2,000 euro, come on, to help kids, to help uh, people in the world. And come on, a massive round of applause. Come on for our, our post-fest team, for our youth team, because we're really committed. And I know there's always room to improve and always room to do more. And hey, let me tell you something. If you've got a heart, if you, if you want to get involved, then please talk to Matthew or Anna, because we want to really prioritize and continue to invest in not only our kids, but also the youth and the next generation of our church. Here's another thing we're going to celebrate, everybody. Dundalk 2022. Come on. That's right. Not only are we inspiring little people and the next generation, but we're also inspiring the next location. Because even though we partner with an organization called ARC, A-R-C, Association of Related Churches, that helps churches in Ireland get started. In fact, here's some good news to you. This month, in the month of October, so the next month, in the month of October, we are helping two brand new churches. You are helping through your giving two brand new churches launch in Ireland, one in Belfast and one in Dublin. We'll tell you more with that in the Coming weeks, but when we launch 
Dundalk, it isn't just something we're part of. It's us. God has given our church a calling, an anointing. God is, God's extraordinary purpose for us is that we would be a church planting church. And again, that comes with challenges because we're always fending off and fighting the inward focus, you know, us, me, more, me, and saying, what about them there, over there, you know, less, and then send more. That's the tension we're always managing. But we're super thrilled to be able to confirm that the church launch is happening, that Rebecca and Yulia Moldovan, come on, massive round of applause, are going to be leading that church. There's a whole team going with them. Come on, for every single person from Navin and Dublin, come on, come on, come on, who've responded to the call to step out. Let's give a massive round of applause for all those people too because we're so appreciative for their sacrifice and their obedience to move out of here, to move up to Dundalk, to find jobs to relocate their lives because they believe that that area, that part of Ireland, the dock, Nuri, Louth, touching Monaghan, touching Meath uh, and County Down, that, that people there need Jesus. And I want to tell you, man, we're so excited about what God's about to do next. And last Wednesday, we had our first ever public interest meeting. Here's a photo. And you can see Julian and Rebecca. Place was packed. So many new faces. So many people interested, curious, uh, hopeful, hungry uh, to hear our story, to hear what we're going to do. And I'm just thrilled to see already the amazing things that God is doing. And every single month from now until next March, there will be at least once a month, sometimes even twice a month, public interest meeting. So if you know anyone in the Dundalk, Louth, Newry area, make sure you find out when the next interest day is and do whatever you can to help people know and get to our interest meeting because I believe that God is going to do something incredible through our church in Dundalk. Now, I don't know if it's you, but man, my throat is killing me. Uh, I'm sure your hands are killing you because like I said, there's so many things to celebrate. And it's really good for us, the church, to take time because it's so easy, isn't it, in life to always get into the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I think it's so interesting that in the Old Testament, God continually told his people after God did something to stop and to remember, to celebrate all the great things that he has done. And it's good for us on Vision Sunday, celebratory, celebratory Sunday, to stop and give thanks for all that was mentioned, all that wasn't mentioned, and all that God is doing through our church. Amen. Well, let's shift gears now. Let's talk about then, number two, some things we need to contemplate. So we talk about celebration. Let's talk about some things we need to contemplate. And, I, and, and where I'm going to go straight to right now is, of course, God's word. Because when we think about contemplating, when we think about thinking, when we think about thinking about thinking, what we need to think about first and foremost is what is God saying to us? And back in March, in Vision Sunday, I shared with you that I already felt that the Lord was sharing with me a scripture of Isaiah. And the promise he had for Lighthouse in verse 19 of Isaiah 43 was, he says this, See, I am doing a new thing. I just had this sense in my spirit that God was saying to us, he's doing a new thing. Like, we're so grateful for all the old things. And I'm so grateful for his faithfulness and for, for answered prayers and miracles and all the things he's done in the past. But as we contemplate the future, I really felt God say back in March, he's doing a new thing. It springs up. Do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And despite challenges with venues, despite challenges with, with finances, despite challenges with just trying to 
grow and go forward in our community and all the challenges that go with this thing called being a church in 21st century Ireland, there's this sense of confidence deep in my soul, a sense of conviction that God is doing something new and God is going to make a way, right? And so that was kind of the word for, for March. But I want to build onto that a new word because as I was praying in the months leading up to this Sunday, because I've been thinking this since, <laughs> since the Vision Sunday in March ended. Like I've been thinking, what, what's, what's, what's God saying next? And a couple months ago, I was praying, thinking about our, our church. And I just, I just was, I suppose, contemplating some things that God had put in my spirit, some things I, believed that, I believe that God has said to me about the future of our church in general, whether, whether that happens in my lifetime or beyond it, because it's not my church, it's God's church. But just some things I, I really believe God's going to do in the future. And I was thinking about, man, the scale and the, and, and the, and the challenge and, the, and, the, and all the complexity of what God has called us to do and who God's called us to be. And I was thinking, man, I mean, I've been here like 15 years. I mean, like, okay, Lord, we've done some things. But, I mean, how many know uh, we, we, sometimes we want God to do things faster, right? It's like, I know you're doing them, Lord, and you're faithful, but I want you to do it faster. And God already spoke to me powerfully, again, uh, in the book of Exodus. I was reading through Exodus, the whole book, throughout the summer. And, and God speaks to Moses, and he, and he basically, he, he challenges him, and he comforts him. Only God can challenge and comfort at the same time. It's kind of like a wife who tells you the truth and gives you a kiss. It's like, it's been sweet. It's like, I needed that, but ouch. So, so God challenges Moses, and he also comforts him. And God, through Moses' example and through his word, was challenging and comforting me. Because what he said to Moses, when I believe he sent to our church, is that little by little, I will drive them out before you. Them being a symbol or representation of the enemy. The enemy has caused so much havoc in our country, so much brokenness, so much despair, so much hopelessness, so much, so many families falling apart, so many people internally imploding, so many people caught up in addiction, so many people angry at life, angry at themselves, angry at God. And it's like this isn't this isn't accidental because even if you don't believe in God, if you're here not a Christ follower, you have to believe in the power and reality of evil, right? And because there's evil, there must be a good. And so God promised that he will, he will bring hope and he will bring life and he'll bring liberty uh, to our country, to our cities, our towns and to our provinces and counties. So he will draw them out when we have increased enough to take possession of the land. It was almost like God was saying, I'm going to fulfill every promise over this church, but it will be little by little. So just, just, it just empowered me and it challenged me and it encouraged me that, you know what, I don't have to worry about the end game. I got to worry about the direction. That's, that I got to worry about, I got to steward and be responsible for the next step and the direction of the next step because in doing so, little by little, as I trust and obey and follow him, he will make sure he will fulfill his promise that we will take possession of the land. So I want you to contemplate, well, how would that apply to your life? What, what would that mean for you? What, what has God, what has God called you to take possession of? And if you're not in possession right now, maybe God is saying, hey, keep trusting me, keep, keep faithful to me, and little by little, you will see it come to pass in Jesus' name. Another thing we're contemplating is, of course, giving. Because there is no us without you. And everything that happens here, happens here because of your generosity. But I want to be very clear. We don't want your pity we don't want your leftovers. We don't want spare change. We're not looking for people to feel bad for us and give to us. In fact, if you're not part of our church and don't, and don't uh, want to belong to us, we, there's no expectation whatsoever. If you want to write a check for a million euro, I won't say no, just saying, but there's no expectation, okay? What we want is not pity. We want partnership. 
We want men and women who are committed to the mission of seeing this nation transformed by the power of the gospel. We want to see men and women who are called to extraordinary purpose to in their lifetime leave a lasting legacy for eternity. We don't want spare change or leftovers. We want people's hearts to be committed like our hearts are because we're all in this, not by obligation, not by circumstance, but by choice because we believe in this and we, and we sacrifice and, and we serve and we do all the things we do. And, and the truth is, as we think about Dundalk and launching, there's so many things that require extra funding. I'm so grateful for all the help that comes in outside Laos because we have so many friends who help us and partner and bless us. But at the end of the day, it's our church. It's our church. And I want to get to a point where we don't have to rely on external giving, that we get to be the one that gives externally. And again, if you don't notice, we do already. We're not waiting until. We already tithe 10% of everything that you give, we give away. 10% of every cent that comes in through tithes and offerings, we give away because we want to be a tithing church. Now here's a challenge for you. Where are you in this journey? Are you someone who's pitying us and throwing in whatever you can when you can? Or are you partnering with us? Because here's the truth. God can't do something with nothing. If we're all engaged, if we're all doing something, then God can do something. But God can't do something with nothing. But here's the good news. God can do anything with something. God can't work with, where, where we don't offer sacrifice anything, but where we bring something, even if it's even if it's little in comparison to the broader scale of things, but as long as it's our best, God can do anything with something. Now, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you very candidly and very sincerely. It's going to challenge you. I'm asking you, if you don't already, would you prayerfully and carefully, I don't want an emotional response like, oh, okay, I'll do what I can. I don't want your pity. Would you carefully and prayerfully consider becoming a partner of the mission of Lighthouse. And what that means is that you would consider giving a percentage of your income to the mission of this church, just like you do many other organizations because I know you're generous people. I know you are because I pastor you and I lead you and I talk to you and I pray for you and I see your generosity. I know you're generous, but I want you to go from being people who have mercy or sometimes feel pity to being people who are partnered with us. I don't care what percent that is. We, we'll do a series later on in tithing. I believe 10% is what God calls us. I believe it's biblical. I believe we return 10%. We give above that. We can get into that another day. But I'm asking every single one of you to sincerely and carefully consider to becoming a partner in giving a percentage every week consistently without fail. Whether you're here or not, your giving's here because we can't do this. There is no us without you. And if we're going to keep growing and, and if we're going to keep expanding, if we're going to keep doing all the great work that we do, we need people to partner with us. So would you contemplate, maybe God's word for you is little by little, as you give true percentage, as you partner, that God will fill the promise in your life too. So let me, let me challenge you. Contemplate, consider, would you become a partner? And if you haven't already, would you consider giving a percent? If you, don't have, if you don't have a conversation with that, talk to myself, anyone from the team. Next Steps team will chat to you. But we'd love to help you. We'd love if everyone can set up a standing order and just give something. Because just by giving something, we can make a difference. Every week you come here, we, we do our best. We've all this equipment, kids ministry, all this stuff. We just want everyone to be engaged at some level financially by being 
a partner. Amen? Okay, the last thing then. So we celebrate, we've contemplated as we kind of, as the clock winds down and time runs out. Let me give you a couple of things I believe God's calling us to concentrate on. Some things that God wants us to focus on over the next few months. Now, flight to these because I've kind of already mentioned some of them. For example, number one, groups. A big part of our focus is, is our connect groups. And more than just finding a group, because that's only step one, we want you to commit to one, to sign up and stay connected in a group for the, in this season for the eight weeks they last. If you haven't already done so, go on our website, lighthousechurch.ie, find a group that suits you, even if that group isn't your group after two weeks, get a different group. It doesn't really matter. The goal isn't that you stay in one group. The goal is that you stay in a group consistently over the entire season. We want you to grow and we grow in community. We grow when we place ourselves and put ourselves and plant ourselves in healthy and correct environments. Show me your friends and I'll show you the future. The saying goes, hey, get around some people who believe in you, who love you, who'll pray for you, who'll challenge you. We need to be challenged and encourage you when you need to be encouraged. Let me encourage you, find and commit to your group today. Our church is full of just ordinary people and we want you to find friends and do life and build community. Another thing we're going to continue to concentrate on is, of course, new people that we want to be focused and remain focused on creating environments for people to discover Jesus, where it's kids' ministry, Sunday, where it's through our youth ministries, where it's through certain connect groups or courses or outreaches. We want to continue to do all that we can to be a church that unchurched people want to come to and are happy to sit in and be open to hearing the gospel of Jesus. I want you to join me in this mission to understand we don't get everything right. I never, ever said, never, ever claimed to be a perfect church. For goodness sake, if there is a perfect church, I don't want to be part of it because I'm not perfect. But what I have said from the day one is that we are committed to reaching people who are far from God. And I need you. We need each other. We need to work together in this focus, in, in being committed to and switch on to the challenges, making sure our environments are conducive and open and welcoming to people discovering Jesus. Another thing we want to concentrate on in our Dublin location specifically are two things, owning the mission and going deeper in community. So as you know, you know we've you know, grown a lot in Dublin, that's great, but I, but I really want to see more people owning it. It isn't just a church you go to, but it's your church. And part of owning it is by going deeper in community. So I want to see Dublin really step up in that way. For our Navin location, also growing, it's just amazing, isn't it? The last few months, how much momentum and growth and life change, so many stories, it's incredible. But we need to make space for people to find their place. Because one of the challenges with growth is there's no space left. If we have another 1,000 people come over the next 12 months, if we have another 300 people connect, if we have another you know, 70 people recommit or commit to life to Jesus, there's no space for those people. So Navin, you need to join me in prayer because whether it's launching more services or finding a better space, a larger space, we're going to do everything within our power. Even though it's not visible right now, come on, vision is the ability to see right now what is invisible to others. We're believing that God already has a solution for us to make space for people to find their place. And whether, whatever it is, whether it's launching another service or finding a new place, hey, listen to me. Remember, we want to we want to push against a shift where it's all about me and what I like, what I want, and continue to be focused on mission. Jesus never stayed in any village more than a few days. Why? Because it would have been good for him and the people if he just 
you know, camped out and stayed there. But then his ministry would have been limited. No, he said, I must continue the work of my father. Keep moving, keep preaching, keep sharing, keep reaching, keep praying. And in the same way, we must be committed in our following of Jesus in mission, even if it sometimes means giving up comfort, even if it sometimes means stretching, even if it means sacrificing things that we like preferentially to make space for people to find a place. So now that I know you're with me in this heart and soul, that we are going to see, we're going to find, God's going to create a way for us to be able to do this. And obviously, got to get used to the language now because Dundalk is coming. For our Dundalk location, guys, we are launching in March 2022. Here's another photo of the interest night the other night. I mean, we're just so excited for all that God's going to do. And I want to encourage you, keep praying for us, keep inviting people to interest nights. And maybe God's calling you to join our team. Hey, heads up. Think about that. But hey, as we think of the next six months, it's hard for me to even, you know, visualize this. But by Easter 2023, we'll be one church in three locations. By Easter 2023, if things continue as they are, we'll have had at least, at least 600 new people come to the doors of our environments. At least. That's not counting outreaches like Winter Wonderland and kids events. That's just on Sunday alone. Who knows how many more on Instagram and online and Facebook. Who knows how many more to connect with. God has given us an incredible opportunity to be a lighthouse in this nation. And we want to steward that and choose the right direction. We're going to have, again, this year Christmas, we're going to have a big Christmas celebration. We're going to be doing Christmas at the movies again. Excited for that. In March of this, or sorry, October this year, we're going to do a series, The Problem of God, kind of like our apologetic series, looking at the, at, the, at the challenge of science versus God and the historicity of the Bible, hypocrisy in the church. Really, really, really good series. But again, as I close up, as I bring this vision Sunday to, to an end, let me go back to the most important thing. As I think about all the celebration, contemplation, and concentration, let's get back as we begin to get ready to pray to God's word. What is God saying to us? God is saying to us that he will be faithful to bless us and guide us and provide for us and make a way because he's doing a new thing. But it will be little by little. And if we're patient, if we're patient, Laos, come on, and if we're perseverant, it's those two things working together. If we're patient, trusting, you know, kind of like Elijah when he kept praying for the cloud and there's no cloud, go check again. There's no space, there's no money, there's no... Go check again because we're going to be patient, but at the same time, we're going to persevere. We're going to find a way, we're going to push, we're going to fight, we're going to pray, we're going to give. We're going to do everything that we can in our power as we wait for God to do everything He can in His power. It's when those two things work together, my friends. That's when God does something truly extraordinary, only for our church. But I want to apply it to your life. God wants to do it for you. If God is faithful, He will, He will lead us to take possession of things that he's promised to give us. We want to look not just to the current circumstances and the current world, but look ahead because our world is changing. Our country is changing. There is emerging right now in, in our generation a new Ireland. And we want to be a new church for a new Ireland. We want to be ready for when these, these people who are being born right now and being raised up, we want to be ready for them so they will find a home, a spiritual home and a place to belong. So as I close, here's my question, challenging, hopefully encouraging. My question is, in all of this, in all that I've shared, what is God saying to you? Right now, 
Don't look, don't look at left, left or right. Don't, don't think about your husband, wife, friend. What's God saying to you right now? What's your place in all this? Again, if you're new, hey, your place, sit there and go, wow, that's interesting, or maybe not. That's cool. But if, if, you're, if this church is your church, if you call it Lighthouse Home, I am asking you as your pastor, what is God saying to you right now? Because I believe that God hasn't called us to be entertained. God hasn't called us to attend a service, for goodness sake. God has called us on mission to be a community of faith that brings kingdom transformation to the place that we do life, live, and exist. My question to you, maybe God's question for you, is what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Here's some, here's some suggestions. Maybe God is saying to you, hey, it's time to commit or recommit to a group. It's time to get back in community. It's time to get back under recovering. It's time to give back in friendship with people of faith. Maybe God is saying to you, hey, it's time for you to partner in percentage. Not just pitying whatever you can, however you can, but it's time for you to step up and trust him and really partner with us consistently in a percentage. Maybe God is saying to you, hey, it's time for you to make space, make place for space, or space for place. It's time for you maybe in your life to get back on, on track with soaping and journaling and praying. Maybe it's just creating space in church. Maybe it's being willing to give up certain comforts, preferences, things that are good things, good things, but aren't necessary things for what God has called for. Maybe God is also calling you to step up and to step out to be a light wherever you are, whether it's in work or in school, online. Don't hide your faith or be ashamed of your faith or, or to live a Jew life, but to commit to him heart and soul and to step up and step out for him because it's in stepping up and stepping out for God that God stands with us. And as we Lighthouse Church vision envision our futures. We think about all the Holy Spirit is saying to us, we're saying yes to God. We're saying, man, we're committed to a group. We're saying, yes, I'm going to partner and grow in my presence. Yes, I'm going to continue to make, make space for place and place for space. And yes, I will step up and I will step out because it's in doing so that you will stand with me. So as we get ready to pray, guys, my question is, what is God saying to you? As I thought about this moment all week long, I thought about this closing prayer, how much of a privilege it is, to, is for me as your pastor to pray for you. Because I pray for you a lot. I pray for you every day. And I want to pray for you right now as we close, the band get ready to come and we go to response. I, I want to just pray for you, a pastoral prayer over your life because my heart is for you. I love you. There is enough money in this thing to make this worthwhile if I didn't. I love you and my life is devoted to seeing you step up and into God's extraordinary purpose for your life. So as we bring this thing to a close, as we get ready for all that God has in the future, I want to pray for you. Is that okay? So just bow your heads and close your eyes. Let me pray for you. So Father, I thank you that you are a good God and you are a gracious God and you are a generous God, that you are a merciful God, that Lord, you give us the privilege of not only knowing you, but serving you. And it really is a privilege. It is the greatest privilege to serve you. I pray for every single person right now listening to my voice. You know their name. You know their story. Even those that right now may be here and don't believe in you. You know them. You see them. And you aren't ashamed or angry at them. You're for them. You love them. You stand with them. 
you, you, you fight for them. And I just pray that for those right now who are listening, who may not know you, may they make a decision today to be part of this vision in giving their life to you and following and serving you in Jesus' name. I also pray for all of us, the church. God, you've been so faithful. So Your faithfulness has gone beyond our expectation and imagination. But God, I know there is more. There's more for every single person here. So God, I just pray that you would lead us to yourself, that you would, you would break us free from just having good intentions and give us the wisdom and the courage to choose the right directions. And in doing so, God, I pray that every single one of us would experience the fulfillment that comes with walking in our extraordinary purpose. God, we've mentioned just but our own, own human plans, but we know that your plans are greater. So God, I pray, would you lead this church, your church, us, to yourself and forward a mission that we would be all you've called us to be, that we'd be a lighthouse to this land and beyond this land to the nations of the world and that you would use our lives to leave a lasting legacy of kingdom impact that would go on for eternity. God, it's your powerful, faithful, gracious, good, and strong name. The name is above every other name. The name of Jesus that we pray and we say amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate the good name of God. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Thank you.